you have single-handedly changed our family because of mastermind because i felt safe enough and realized with your help realized that it's not just about the picking up of the toys and the back talk and the productive conversation scripts it's not about that it's about healing myself and becoming a better version of myself and showing up and being able to be that way for my entire family I really credit you with doing something that I literally have not been able to do with countless therapists and all the journaling and all the thinking and all the meditating and all the things. It was because of you. So thank you for helping heal what I thought was unhealable. Randy Rubenstein, and welcome to the Mastermind Parenting Podcast, where we believe when your thoughts grow, the conversations in your home flow. You're listening to the Mastermind Parenting Podcast with Randy Rubenstein, episode 119. In today's episode, I want to tell you guys about a conversation, sort of a conversation that I had with mom recently. I had seen her post in a group of parents that have strong-willed kids, not a group that I run, but another group. I'd seen her post an interesting uh, scenario, and I read most of the comments, not most of the comments, but some of the comments. Um, And I go into these groups sometimes of parents of strong-willed kids because I just kind of want to see what are people really struggling with. And sometimes it gives me inspiration for podcast episodes. And I'll read the comments. I almost never, pretty much never comment um, because I just want to make sure somebody makes a comment that I agree with, like leading the person towards a positive solution or something about just uh, just a, you know, some kind of a resource that's going to be helpful for the person. And usually somebody at some point chimes in, but there's a lot of comments that I don't even want to comment because there's so many people in these groups that I, I literally think they stay in these groups just so they can feel a little bit better about their situation that probably isn't very happy. And, um, and there's so much judgment and shame and it's almost like, Oh, here you've exposed a bruise. Let me poke it as hard as possible. So there's like a lot of, there's always a lot of like shaming comments and just, I don't know, just feels like it's a, there's a dark vibration. And so I don't want to get mixed up in any of that. Um, but I am always thinking, well, how can I put out podcasts that maybe some of these people might come across that will actually be helpful. So I saw this one post and, um, and the comments were, nobody was, nobody was being particularly helpful. So I actually did comment and said, um, listen, I am the founder of mastermind parenting, feel free to send me a private message and I'll let you know what's really going on with your kid being mean to your puppy um, and give you some helpful tips. And so let me read to y'all what her post was. Her post was advice, question mark, question mark. We got a puppy about two months ago and have a strong love four-year-old. I lost my last dog when he was very young and I missed having a pet. I got the puppy strictly to make me happy since the rest of my life is full of strife and issues with having a strong-willed child. We, we get it, right? My son has been nonstop mean to the dog since we got him. This poor puppy has been kicked, mashed, 
had his legs pulled, etc. I can't stand the thought of what he's causing for our puppy for the future. Aggressive injuries, etc. He's kicked the dog two days in a row, and tonight was my last straw. I went off, screaming, yelling, throwing toys away. I'm at my wit's end. My husband said, it's a boy thing, but I'm more, say, psychopath killer thing. Any experience with this question? P.S. He does get disciplined for it each time he does it, but nothing seems to work. Okay, so let me just read. Y'all can only, and, and let me just say this. It turns out the mom, her day job is she's a vet tech. And so she's a major, major animal lover. And, um, and even just reading this post, the fact that she says, like when her husband's like, oh, it's a boy thing. And she was like, BS. She's like, I think it's a psychopath killer thing, which really was her deep fear. Um, but that even just saying that, I was like, she's honest. I like her. Um, I'm willing to reach out here, but I'm not going to just start spewing off what I really think should be done here because I've seen what happens in these groups and I'm not interested in all that drama. So um so I, so I said, Hey, happy to help you send me a personal message. And by the way, we're not even enrolling in my programs right now. So I'm not trying to sell you anything. So she sent me a message right away. And, um, and I left her a series of, um, on Facebook messenger, which you can only like leave one minute little messages. And I'm a big fan of the audio message. And, um, and so I left her like five different little messages. So we've spliced those together for you guys so you can hear my advice for her. But I do want to just read to you. I think there was like 74 or maybe more comments on this thread. And most of them went something like this dad's comment. That is just not a boy thing. I think it's more of a killer thing also. But I would get rid of the dog. The dog needs a safe place. Like, thanks, dude. Like, really, like, that's really helpful. You know, she, he just was like, yeah, you got a psycho on your hands and sorry, squashing your dreams. You don't get to have that dog. Several people were like, oh, only four. I waited till my strong willed child was six. Um, or there was lots of people who like, like showed up and it sort of seemed like they were giving her empathy. Like, oh, I've been there too. But what we did before we got our dog was we visited lots of shelters and we did this and we did that. So it was basically like, yeah, um, I get it. Me too. And we did our due diligence and you did, you know, it was just like, there's so much one upmanship and shaming and judgment and BS. It's just not helpful. So first of all, I really want to make a, public parenting service announcement to be very cautious about what groups you go into. And as Brene Brown says, people have to earn the right to hear your story. Make sure you are sharing your story with the right people. And if you're taking part in some of these public groups, these free public groups, please, please protect yourself, protect your energy. And make sure they're they're moderated by somebody that is qualified, you know, something somebody who um, who you know that their parenting philosophy is similar to your parenting philosophy, and um, and that you're going to actually be able to get some helpful responses and somebody who moderates their group and doesn't allow negativity, like. The majority of the comments I read in this group, there are some helpful ones, but the shaming 
and judgy and nasty comments that I like, I would never in a million years allow that to go on in my groups. And so, um, you know, I think good leadership takes somebody who really understands boundaries and really understands communication and really understands how to let people know exactly what is expected of them. And it makes me mad. Can y'all tell? It makes me mad because I'm like, you know, if you have a strong-willed child, parenting's hard enough. And if you have a strong-willed child, it's extra hard. Like they are, the strong-willed kids are harder to parent. So if you go and you put yourself out there and you have the courage to be vulnerable and to ask for advice and support and to put, you know, most people keep all their parenting uh, worries and things they're secretly worried about their kids. They keep it trapped in their body or locked up behind closed doors. This mom had the courage to put it out there and ask for support. And then people come out swinging, using her as their punching bag to make them feel better about their bleak situation. Like, oh, I'm going to make myself, I'm going to pad my ego by, you know, shaming her and, and reminding her and me and everyone else that she's, you know, she's worse off than I am. And uh, and I just think that is just, and nobody's doing it consciously. No one's doing it on purpose. And I also think it's hurtful. So just please realize that you are worthy of being treated better. And, um, and I want you to protect yourself. Like you would protect your, your children against online energy vampires or predators, like you would not allow your children to be in unsafe situations online. So don't allow yourself either because you deserve protection too. You deserve to be safe. Uh, so yeah, I think you guys will enjoy what I had to say to her. And, um, and I will say she sent me, uh, she, she listened and she just, she was just so lovely and so appreciative. And she sent me back a message and she said, you are amazing. Thank you a thousand times. I feel like I should be aware of these things, but it just seems to all fall by the wayside when I see the behaviors happen. I've taken notes and this all makes so much sense. Um, thanks again, seriously so much. And then I responded back to her and I said this, I said, you're so welcome and don't feel bad. I say everything I teach has the duh factor. It's all super obvious and it doesn't come naturally for any of us because it's just not the way we were raised. The good news is, is that we can totally learn it and retrain our brains. I promise. And that's the truth, you guys. So listen to this short episode and, uh, there's a lot of really amazing nuggets and whether you have a situation with an animal or really anything else. The gist of it is we're going to shift our focus and we're going to put our energy into building skills versus into putting out fires and not helping our kids improve future behavior. We have to put our energy on the skill building rather than on the constant correcting. Okay. Enjoy. Okay, so let me tell you what's going on with your little kiddo, your little four-year-old kiddo. Um, I, I repeat a quote quite often, what you focus on grows. So when our kids, especially strong-willed ones, are acting out, 
and we do what we naturally do, we admonish them, especially when, you know, there's a little puppy getting hurt. Stop, don't, blah, 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 blah. One mom kind of started nailing it when she talked about how she really focused a lot on how to pet the puppy, what to do, and she realized that she had misinterpreted her child's behavior. So anyway, so she was saying she spent a lot of time, this is how we pet the puppy, this is how we do this. We attach adult meaning to a child's behavior. And these strong-willed kids, at around three, I see them all the time. And let me tell you something. If you can cut this off at at the age of four, you're going to be so happy when your little one is 12. Because I'm dealing with people who didn't. And what happens at three is little kids start to realize that they are a separate entity from mom and they start to do anything they can for attention. Just like it's three teenagers and teenagers, it's developmentally normal. So they act out, act out, act out to find out where does mom start, stop and where do I start? And any attention is good attention. All attention just means you see me and I matter. Well, what they learn at three is that negative attention is a lot more bang for their buck. And they get a ton of attention from mom with negative behaviors. So they they act out, act out, act out. They get tons of mom's attention. And it means they're relevant. They're worthy in the world. And, um, and if you, they've done tests on how often kids hear the word no versus yes. Um, and it's like exponentially higher. So they learn this pattern. So your little guy has learned that very quickly that there's a ton of validation in the world when he displays certain behaviors with the puppy. And so he's going to do more of that. What we focus on grows and he just wants any attention from mama. So this is lots of mom's attention. So he's going to keep doing that because it is serving him. He's getting tons of attention from you. So what we need to do is we need to, A, you have to have the puppy with you at all times and at all times right now. He is not allowed to be with the puppy without you and you have to not react. We have to disrupt the pattern of negative attention seeking through the puppy and we need to, so you need to like make a pact with yourself. You're going to have a puppy right next to you. You're not going to make a big deal about it and every time he wants to see, you're going to say, every time you want to play with the puppy today, puppy's going to stay with mommy just so that the puppy's super safe and every time you want to play with the puppy, you just say, mommy, can I play with the puppy? And we will, we will play with the puppy together and I'll show you all the ways to play with the puppy to make sure she stays safe and you stay safe. Got it? And he's going to say, yeah. You're going to say, perfect. Okay, we got this. And so you keep the puppy with you for the whole day. And um, anytime, okay, oh, did you want to see the puppy? Oh, okay. Okay, show me how you pet. That's right, with your hand open, soft on her fur. Ooh, what does her fur feel like? Now listen, when you handle this the right way, you're going to bring, you're going to do something amazing for your child. Hold on. Um, You're going to when you say what does the puppy's fur feel like what does it feel like on your hand Ooh, it's soft tell me more you bring mindfulness actually you're doing mindfulness training oh feel that puppy's fur (sighs) and take a deep breath Ooh, that feels good you know sometimes when we're really upset we can do things like pet the puppy's fur softly and take a deep breath and it helps our bodies to calm down so, oh, that's right. Yeah. Show me what else you can do that makes the puppy feel good. That makes the, sure the puppy's safe and you're safe. You literally focus on skill. You're going to do skill building. You're going to show them exactly how to, pay, to play with the puppy. You're not going to use a ton of words. You're going to give it to him through experiential learning. And you'll be bonding with him and filling his love cup as you bond with the puppy. 
Okay. So, um, let me know if you have any questions. Are you ready to start having productive conversations? Have you been listening to the podcast for a while and you hear me go through my three step productive conversation process to solve any problem. And you're thinking, how does she do that? Guess what? I made a really cool resource for you guys. I call it the problem solving one sheet. Okay. It's one sheet front and back. So, you know, take it with a grain of salt. But it will walk you through how to have productive conversations and you'll practice and before you know it, you'll be having productive conversations all day, every day. It really is the solution to solve any problem. So you can download it at mastermindparenting.com forward slash problem solving, all one word. That's mastermindparenting.com forward slash problem solving, all one word.